Hey there. Before we got started, we want to say a quick thank you to our host, Muse on Minis. For years now, Muse on Minis has been the industry leader in beautiful, high-quality tabletop accessories. From tokens to widgets to terrain and more across a wide variety of games, Muse on Minis has everything you could possibly need to complete your tabletop wargaming experience. Head to MuseOnStore.com to see what new innovations the fellas come up with next. That's MuseOnStore.com. Musing and amusing accessories for every gamer. Now on to the show. I went everybody's head about the bird. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Full Tilt. Uh, my name is Steven and I play Scorn. My name is Jesse and I am playing the Little Factions. I, don't, I play Kador. Perfect. Nice. Uh, today we are joined by uh, the wonderful Josh Gigantor Bates to talk some uh, Crucible Guard. Josh, how are you doing? All right, thanks. Perfect. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we did a lot of chatting in the pre ramble. Um, about War Machine already, but I was just going to ask you how the game is doing, uh, where you're from, and first of all, where are you from, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit. I'm from Brisbane, Australia. I am about halfway up the East Coast, if you look at it on my map. Um, yeah, it's great. The game's in a really excellent place. There's only a few outliers in the whole game at the moment, which feels like amazing just to play the game. <clears throat> what do you think those are? Yeah. Um, I think it's a few lists in particular. Okay. Uh, I think Retribution and Trolls are probably right up there, so head and shoulders above the rest. Kator also probably not that like crazy top, top, top tier, just they're out there still. But everything feels close together, and even that, it, it just it feels very compressed. Like I, I feel the most like I have to play the game, and it's not like Mark II where I just have to know how to play my game. Hmm. And I could and I could beat anyone. Like if I was playing Haley two or Kane two in Mark two, I felt no, I'm invincible unless I'm playing against Bale two, right? And then Bale two had her hard matchups in me, man. But there's less of that like rock paper scissors element to the game nowadays, and it feels like I just have to play my best game. <laughs> A few years ago, I was playing Signara Cancon, and every single game went down to the wire. I played against a lot of best players. I ended up winning that tournament. And it was just, I've never felt that it was closer to that where that was the start of Mark III. And everyone just had to play their game the best and know what your opponent is doing. And it was so like chess like then. And I feel like it's pulled back to that again where you don't have these huge outliers like they've reigned in Aurora too. Yeah. You still, mm-hmm. they, you still do have some real push the button casters. I do this or I die. Like your cane threes is that, and your Zakoba twos are those push the button casters. It's like I win or I don't win now. Right. Terminus. No, I'm <laughs> I don't know. I've been on a terminus kick lately, and it's uh, so far not going that, not going that great. But uh, uh, rolling his face up the table and get shot lots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so locally, say you're Brisbane, how many uh, guys do you get uh, in a normal normal game night? Do you guys have normal game nights yet? 
Uh, not as yet. Again, we have been. I've been working too much, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but I've been. I've been um, slowly pulling it back together. We've got a lot of interest happening again. The problem is my store in Brisbane because I've got a store in Brisbane and then the uh, right down the Gold Coast, which is just on the border of Queensland, New South Wales. Hmm. And then you've got nothing all up the north side. Like a lot of the big gaming stores shut down. Away. Pardon me. Um, so half the war machine scene is down here on the south side of Brisbane, half right up the north side of Brisbane. Okay. And you just traffic sucks. So it's hard for us to get together on weekly meetups. There used to be another store at the north side. Hopefully I can rectify that soon enough with myself. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it's getting the community together and that's something that I have to push into a bit more. But yeah, we've got a pretty decent community here and there's a lot of quite good players in the area. Good. Like, he, he, he talks a bit on the forums and stuff, but I think he's a bit of an undiscovered treasure. But uh, Liam Gallagher, who's as well on the forums, I think it is. Yep. Plays yeah, Arcadia that's who has. So I uh, just uh, tangent a little bit there. Oh, perfect. I asked Ricard Nielsen to do our minions thing, and he said no because he's into 40k, and that's fine. But he was like, I would ask Liam to do it if, you know, but. We asked Colin Hill before that, you know, so it's like, oh man, yeah, you can't backtrack. We'll on right. Yeah, you can't backtrack, but I'll ask him anyway later. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Liam's so. probably Liam's probably one of like Australia's best kept secrets. That's awesome. He he is by far one of the better players. He's he's just yeah he's he's played Arcadia's pretty much since he was released, and he just he just plays the pig side of minions. That's wild. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Yeah, and I just watched him get better and better and better over the years. And it's just, it's so good to see someone like that who puts in the effort and who just really enjoys that particular faction with that much passion. And yeah, sure. it's scary to play against him. Like, my record is not great against Liam. And he's probably one of the few players who I, I don't really want to see across the table in a tournament. <laughs> if, I, if, if I'm like, oh, it's serious contender of Liam, he could just knock me out here. <laughs> cool. That's great. Uh, yeah, so the uh, update recently dropped. It's kind of what we're, well, I mean, it's taken us a bit to get here, but how do you feel it has affected, well, it didn't do much for Crucible Guard, did it? But do you think it's it's had a great effect on Crucible Guard and whole? Yeah, I think the, the gentle touch they did to Lucas was enough because I've played him a bit since the touch he's gotten. And it, it took his level in, in Infernals down a bit. Yeah, just the list you wanted to make with him, you can't make anymore. And getting the crow's cutthroats plus the critical mass of vindicators, it it means he's slightly better in crucible guard than he is in infernal. But yeah, it's just I think they're fine. I think they're well balanced enough, and crucible guard have that like we can do everything, but you have to make crucible guard lists to do certain jobs or or they have big glaring weaknesses and you can't fix that with just one list like you you will have huge glaring weaknesses in one list that you're trying to fix with the other list hmm. so i yeah i think crucible guard is in a great place i don't think they really need to get touched i think the crucible guard riflemen crucible guard infantry sorry yeah i think they are 
not so stealthily amazing. The Dude, like, just one of the best things that people aren't touching. As yep. soon as I saw that change and the points points adjustment, I'm like, I'm gonna get my second unit. I'm gonna paint them up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't gotten my second. I haven't gone that far yet. But Steve and I got a game like two weeks ago, and I mean, they blew off two circle heavies off the table. You know, yeah, no on, problem. Gearhart's feet turn. It was legit. Yeah. Well, I'm even talking like Lucas can just run two units and two retaliators, and then you run a couple of vindicators oh. with them, and then you just. Yep. You play the because you've got to push up. So even playing some failed experiments, or I really, really like press gangers in Crucible Guard. Huh. Really? Yeah, because the uh, Crucible Guard does the turbo douche thing, where like <laughs> Sylvester will come up and just go, "Boop!" All my shit's like speed eight, and I'm gonna run right up the table, and you leave everything else behind. Yep. Yeah. So, at least with press gangers, you're running off your AD line, twelve inches ahead. While your colossal's running from your normal line and then running sixteen, and yeah, same with battle engines, so they're pushing yep. so far up the table that you need something that can keep up. And battle experiments, even though they can go to speed, was it eight? Yep. Yeah, they just they're not fast enough. They, they're sitting <laughs> yeah, in the things where you want press gangers and that to be sitting in front, and they do just die. They're there just to die. Um. But I think in in like a Lucas, really interesting kind of because you need that target or something to soak up the flak. You need something to sit in the way, especially if your opponent's alphaing you pretty hard. Like having this twelve point unit of nothing or an ambushing unit if they've got a lot of anti living model tech. This can change the way the whole game plays, and they're a surprising big piece which can change the whole state of the game. And it means that if you're playing against your Arcadiuses or your Auroras, they can just push up and then they have to deal with them. <laughs> so we talked about that a couple of episodes ago, I think. Was that when Chad was on, guys? We talked about the... Um, dang it, I can't think of the word. Uh, tarpets, that they're gone. Do you, so do you think tarpets actually do have a place in the game? No, no I'm talking about pure flack. It's, it, it's a speed bump. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I found with some of the things like I was playing against uh, Nick, who's my like most of the, most weeks I'll get a, at least one game in against Nick, and I had the Death Archon with the uh, Mentalist with a unit of Iron Fleshed. Um, what do you call them? Bell experiments. Yeah, and that was that was pretty great. Oh, dude! <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I've, I've been yeah. there too. That's that is the best. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like Ben Blades, just running in and doing like a point of damage or missing because he had neg two to hit, neg four damage, and then <sighs> you've got the plus two armor on them, and then they're regenerating at the side of the turn. He's just like, what the fuck? But that—that's <laughs> a crucible guard. Is this? You kind of—it's this puzzle. It's—it's a, it's a little bit pirate esque with the the way you used to run pirates in Mark Two, or if you if you bothered to run them now. Um, where you've got those pieces that you have to remove in order to pull the pirates apart that little bit more. And, and that's very much how some of the Crucible Guard bricks work. Is like, okay, I'm going to take the Mentalist out from range first before I come in, and then the Death Archon, if you can take him out from range as well. Yeah. So it's just bring, it's removing the correct pieces in Crucible Guard, and that, may, that obviously becomes this game of tip-tat then, like... <clears throat> where do you sit with this stuff and if your opponent has a decent 
spread of ranged and melee, then obviously the mentalists have to choose which mode they're going into opposed to just going one or the other. Right. But uh, yep. I think that there's places for them. I just don't think it's... I don't think it's as ubiquitous. It wasn't as easy as, like, push the boom hell button in Mark 2. Yeah. 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 And certain casters do it in different ways. Like, Satix's Raiders, before the change to blast damage, were really interesting um, tar pit, just because they were hard to hit. And they got in the way, and they did spread a long way. Um, Elevia Swordsman, but again, this stuff just dies. Yep. Yep. Like, you, you don't really have that, this actually does this. I think I've made attacks with my press gangers one in every three or four games. <laughs> and they're there purely to be really, really annoying. And that's all they do. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Is the best target in the game the uh, Death Wolves from Circles, that three-man unit? Oh, they're great to hold a zone. Uh, yeah, I guess. You see a lot of... It might be the best. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you've got a lot of... Um, consume and things like that in the game, so it's not always. No, it doesn't seem that great for tarpets anymore. But no, um, three men you like they're great, and in the matchups that you want them in, um, I use them all in circle with uh, Wormwood and Kruger when the Judicator had blessed guns. Oh yeah, because you because you could run it up, and it was one of the few things the Judicator couldn't just order remove. Right. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like if you had to put a whole activation into them, and you might be left with a death wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. one question about well, a lot of questions actually. But do you is it is it the best five warjacks in the game? Why are they or well, best five heavies in the game? Why are they all the three uh, crucible guard jacks? Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> So we're not taking. Uh, you said warjacks. We're not taking into account circle base. Just warjacks and non non characters too. I didn't put that in there. Oh, non characters. Ah, oh, you're just really pigeonholing this, aren't you? Well, I uh, gotta make a. I gotta make a point to Jess. <laughs> well, they're not because oh, look shit. at retribution jacks. Yeah. All right. So like, outside of retribution, so if, you, <laughs> so if you put a, if you put a banshee in the middle of a bunch of troops, like if you just run it there, it doesn't. It, it can be a target on its own. You've got this really huge threatening gun. You've got something which punches like an A plus heavy. It has wailing, and then right? all of a sudden so you can't charge it. Yeah. Oh. God, that's so the, bad. Yeah, wailing, and it just wailing randomly screws you in the worst possible ways. It's like no spells, no charging. Like just deal with this. Um, not to mention if you can put any armor buffs on it with Assyria. Like if you want to play Assyria, it'd be boring as hell. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of really good jacks in the in the game. I think it's more so the way Crucible Guard casters treat the war jacks. So Lucas has TK, which just makes him so much better. Plus an armor debuff, so you can armor debuff something and turn it around, shoot it with three vindicators, and it's dead. Like that's pretty much every heavy in the game at this point in time. Yeah, <clears throat> but also they're 15 points, so they're a shit heavy and a half per vindicator and, and they're great but you've got to you've got to really know how to use crucible guard because i think one thing that people forget a lot of the time is shooting is fairly hard to play in this game compared to other games because of the short range of it like you can normally run to engage at some point yep like i wouldn't want to play the gun game against kane 3 
he's just going to wreck Crucible God every day, every every single day. Especially right, they're so, so easy to hit too. You know, like what's that? Even yeah. under even under a mentalist, you just remove pretty yeah. much all these vindicators, and then you play the yeah. like what the fuck else do I have left left in my list if I've just taken a bunch of vindicators? <laughs> Tor is really Tor is a great still. Um, suppressors, I find it hard to fit them in lists. I like a lot of the time. They're great. I like, I like to slap one on Prospero a lot of the time, but then again, like, I've been playing the infantry a lot, so I like to just put two retaliators there, too. So, you know, that's pretty cool. So, but... Yeah. But or, at the same time, then I, I'm i a huge fan of the double colossal list, so the single colossal with battle engines list. Yep, me too. So... Because <laughs> I get... I look at it and I'm like, okay, so I could take a Vindicator, which is amazing, and a Suppressor. Oh, man, like, I'm only a few points off taking a Vulcan, which removes all immunities, removes tough, uh, yeah. has the two sprays from the Suppressor, plus some, plus it has the Rust Aura. It's just this jack of all trades that yeah. I can put into any situation I want. And... The problem with it is, is because it does everything and it's one piece you have to protect it. So hence something like the press gangers or the failed experiments <clears throat> or killing enough stuff that it's not going to get to it. Um, yep. Yeah. I, and making that thing speed eight or having TK is such a massive thing. Yeah, that's legit. But I, I think that, like the golden child crucible guard, even though Vindicators are amazing, is still the Vulcan. Like, I'm actively grabbing my old lists from before the updates and just playing them, and I'm like, this is still amazing. Why? Yeah. Like, I don't need the Vindicators. I don't need this other stuff. I've got an extra random point or two. <clears throat> so I'm putting in mechanics in lists now because they're only a point. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, no, I, they're, they're good too. Like, and don't, the, don't get me wrong. Like, Vindicators are just awesome. Well, and I, I think they have more of a place in the infantry theme now because of the way the Jack theme just functions as a whole. Like yep. I, I want to put Colossals in there because I want them fully loaded for a point of focus. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. pretty awesome. It's insane. I like the Toro in that theme too a lot. So yeah, oh man, just to, Toro, you know. Toros are just the nuts. Like yep. Sylvester Admonition Toro. <laughs> like people run in and then the Toro like backs off and counter charges whatever yeah, just it. came in, in into its back arc that's so funny yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, it's just shenanigans so this uh, this uh, didn't go the way I was hoping oh, that's a bummer but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's no, a crucial guard player he's got a, he's a little bias uh, yeah no no but I, he's made I, just, great I just think I just think with like if you compare a Vindicator to something like a Defender, that's where it gets real sad for the Signal player. Yeah. Because um, they're basically the same Jack. The Defender's just significantly worse. Right. But when I make Signal lists, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I want two Defenders as a starting list. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. Look at all my tech. Yeah, like, like I just... It's going to get the same thing. Cause I, get, like, I mean, it's Fury. You can't really directly compare it. But the Cannoneer is the same amount of points. And I put that in there. I'm like, God, this beast is awesome. And all this is one shot. The shot doesn't do anything. It's just a really good gun. I'm like, God damn, yeah. this beast is dope. <laughs> yeah. It's only when you start comparing yourself to something in another faction, right? And yeah. like, like your Grimkin, like your Con- Convergence less so, but... Your limited factions, they've done really interesting design with the Jacks because they've only got such a small handful of them. 
<clears throat> and I think that makes that faction so unique. Yeah, I, I think that's what makes the factions interesting to list design with, is because you can... Yep. Crucible Guard is that Swiss Army knife, and they've obviously got their weaknesses. And that's why you most of the time I find myself trying to find points for a mentalist in the list now, because that just <clears throat> puts myself Correct. to a survivable level, opposed to just dying automatically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> almost... Generally, I start the list with two mentalists, and I work around there, but... <laughs> It depends on what you're trying to achieve. Like, sure. I, I'm looking at Sylvester with a pair of Vindicators and a Liberator for his battle group. Yeah. And then, I, and then I'm going, okay, well, I want to press the battle engine button twice because that power-up token came in at the same time as the Vindicators and Vindicators overshadowed it. But I think the battle engines are still, like, one of the best things in the game. And they have the best protection for a lot of infantry. Like, if you can just boost that, um, what's it, the Scather shot off the big gun, Hmm. that can stop armies in their place. Like, if you're playing against a bunch of tr- fast troll infantry and you run your own mechanic up there and shoot him and just shut down a whole lane, that changes the game totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. N- Nigel, what do you feel about those battle engines? Do you think they're pretty good or uh, not? Yeah, yeah they're... Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> I, I, get, I, just, I think that they're... Uh, really, with Crucible Guard and Grimkin, but more Crucible's like this, like current gen game design you know where it's like just all markedly better than stuff that's neat you know if you can't you it's like it's so hard to compare it to anything from men off kate or signar because it's just like it's a whole new breed of everything sweet it's like uh but then you know they have less things to choose from but right, yeah i think that part of that is because their model selection is lower i guess like they don't have they don't have the space to have any like dead choices but I think that appeals to someone like myself who I I enjoy list building, but not to the same extent. Like, it's not the reason I play the game. So I want to be able to make a list and get very good at that list or very, get very good at the pieces in that faction. <clears throat> because and I find the same thing. It's hard to compare it to something like your Signars and your Menos and Kados. Good. But it, it also, I, I it's great that they're going through and doing a few touches with that... Um, what is it, the new pseudo-focus that they're giving some of the casters, like Kane and Euclidus? Energetic magic, yeah. Doing more things like that, giving them more battle plans, I, I think that's just amazing. I, I'd, I'd love to see something like Kane 2 get totally reworked into something much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Steven, I thought that he was he would be the caster in Signard to get that, that ability. Yeah, it made sense. They would get some interesting magic, but how many, how many upkeeps does he have? Two or three? Three? Maybe? Yeah. I think. It's a lot. I don't know. Yeah, what's he got? Uh, bullet Dodger. Fire for effect. Fire for effect, right? Is no, no, a, that's, kind of, that's Kane Zero. Does he have heightened oh. reflexes? I don't know. He has heightened reflexes. I thought he had fire for effect. I thought he did too. I haven't, I haven't he played might. Kane too. Shit, we're going to get roasted for that. Keep talking. Yeah, we're gonna get, I'm going to get can't roasted. Make, don't worry. Can't make a mistake. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> forget, forget dear gear ass snipe get your balls kicked in that's cool <laughs> yeah. oh man uh yeah but kane i actually think he's with his update to being a gun mage now he's quite a bit more interesting he does I have fire for effect he does I, uh, yeah. the way i really enjoyed uh, the parts i enjoyed about kane that kind of took off him oh the, i like the uh, fact that kane 
<laughs> no, not that. Uh, the magic bullet, because that was such a huge piece. Because a lot of your a lot of players really rely on those back end pieces, and this is the reason something like Tossite Woodsman are just amazing now is because they come in and just annihilate your opponent's back end. Mm-hmm. Boy, so do they having. Yeah, so having those pieces that just can pick out your squires and your mechanics and your mentalists and things like that with that magic bullet made him a really interesting caster because Signar infantry and all their stuff is shit, so you have to pivot around their caster so heavily. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, he is kind of one note now. Like, he's just, what's what's the thing I can shoot to death? I'll feet and shoot that to death and the rest of the game, just open the list. Carries him through. He, doesn't even, he doesn't even do that anymore, effectively. And I was talking to uh, Pat Dunford post-nerf. He was saying, make Kane's feet have an auto-teleport at the end of it, mm-hmm. or, or, or change it up to something, like make it so you can boost his damage rolls, because Mark III was pushing in a heavy armored way or already at that point, and we're going back a few years now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of ways you could change your Kane to to be something very different like they did with Yutinegra or just make it more niche, like make it different from your really sport-heavy Kane one or your like synergistic caster in Kane 3 and just have him this interesting support that picks off pieces. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be sweet. I'm not a game designer. I just, I'm looking at the way I want to play the game. Yeah, yeah. Jarl seems a little similar, you know? He has Magic Bullet also, but he has like three upkeep spells and his feet kind of does nothing right now. You know? Yeah, like, but that's the game changing around a caster, yeah. a personal caster changing. Fair enough. So, <laughs> yeah. Like when an objective and a few solos with Isla's Sight just make yep. your feet useless. Yeah, exactly. What's that sucks. Point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Feels bad. Yeah. And, and Yarl's not the only one to cop the fallout no. from something like that in the game as a whole. Right, right. Yep. Well, Nigel, do you have any more points on uh, Chris Bagard there, buddy? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm necessarily asking. No, no, I, I uh, not really, no. I mean, like, you're coming at the game again from uh, a mild hiatus, you know? So, like. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, Chris Bagard, for me, they picked up. Um, they were hot and heavy when I stopped playing, you know, 18 yeah. months ago. And, okay. uh, and uh, not much has changed. Like when you play them, you're like, oh, geez, it's still they're like a generation stronger than basically everything that exists. And I haven't really <laughs> played in Infernals yet, so I'm sure yeah, I'll find we'll that Infernals are boosted as hell, too. And then, no, um, no. <laughs> yeah, OK. And then, uh, you know, and then, of course, it's it's super beatable. It rechallenges you. So if you're playing an old faction, and you have to run into the new stuff. It just sort of rechallenges you to like kind of relearn the game a little bit, and then you know sure. play tighter again. Because um, like, if you're playing Kador, if you're playing old faction versus old faction, you can kind of be looser or like you know less less mindful uh, because just the threats are so you, you, the penalty for failure, the penalty for like not observing a minor observation isn't as severe. Whereas like Crucible Guard will. You know, if you're just not paying attention, their battle engine and a jack will just remove a heavy without barely blinking, and then um, you just have to like you play you're playing on a tighter tightrope against them. I think 
but that means they <laughs> supposedly they are playing on a tighter tightrope too. But I don't know if I see that. They seem pretty tough. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. But that's basically the the observation. But I'll have to play more games. You know, I'll get yeah, them no, in a sure, sol- solved sure. state. You know. Yeah. No, I, I think so too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you think, uh, Gigantor, do you think that there's a possibility that the Vindicators lose powerful attack? Um, uh, yeah, I guess. The the whole point is, is the, I, I think the... Uh, yeah, they could, but also, like, in the list that I'm using them in, it doesn't matter. Like, Yeah, you get an extra focus anyway, so it just... The, 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 the only thing is that for... The powerful attack is like the blast damage rolls are so are boosted, you know, like all those sure. damage rolls. So yeah, and with three focus, you could never just boost all those, you know, unless yeah. Definitely. Well, I guess you could. But, well, I yeah. think the withering humor shot is actually what changed them. Yes, I think that thing. I, I think that needs to go. To be honest, uh, uh, I think it, look. Go ahead. Yes and no, right? Like, I think having because that's whole Crucible Guard's whole jam is right. I, I think. Twisting the role of the Dragon's Breath rocket could be an interesting way to do it as well. But I, I think having something which, because, yeah, I'm in two minds about this. Like, I, I really like it. I don't feel like it's too overpowered. Most of the time, I'm using the anti construct gun. I same here, but uh, I just think that 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 rule makes that it doesn't invalidate the Dragon's Breath rocket, but it kind of does. You know, like. You can pay an extra eleven points, which is a lot, obviously, but you get a you get a lot of jack out of that, you know. A whole so, order. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think in a yeah, I think in a faction that's small having a, a rules overlap for a, like a, a rule that's so uh, integral to the faction's design space, I think, is a little odd. That's the only thing that's that's off about it, but. Yeah, maybe yeah. redesigning the the dragon's breath so it's more. I mean, the model it's it doesn't mean anything, but the model has three rockets on it, right? Maybe it, it blasts and a uh, second deviates or something, it just becomes more an offensive piece, something like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure how to approach it, right? And I think it's pretty well balanced for its points cost. I just find yeah. Yeah. with a lot of the ways I play Crucible Guard, I'm finding that it's too slow for the list, and that was always yeah, my issue. Exactly, exactly it gets left so far behind. Oh yeah. Yep. Give I'm it still finding on. Oh no! <laughs> Let's not Boom. go crazy. <laughs> Boom! We fixed it. <laughs> Easy. This game's design stuff is just simple. Yeah, and I, I don't have the answers. I just know how I like to play. Right. Yeah. I still yeah. find I'm putting in a few lists. A one off. Okay. <clears throat> the vindicator just being able to boost that hit though is yeah. just what it's all about. Yeah, it's a big deal. Hmm. Yeah. Massive. But I find if I'm putting Vindicators in a list, I find it really hard to fit Brust into the list. Yes. So I I would typically reach for Vulcan before because it was always yeah. easiest. But then the Vulcan works. Like if I'm looking at something like Lucas, the Vulcan works terribly with Lucas because all of a sudden they see through all my clouds at that. Yeah, exactly. And it just turns it into the like, hey, target that dickhead over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just and then suppresses. Usually, if suppresses going in, it's dying the next turn. Hot Chuck, dude, he's awesome. He's it, it's, it's great. I just for the points cost again because what is it? It's five, I think. 
Yeah, it's 13. Just... So it's Suppressor or Toro. And then mm. it's only got... But it's fine. It, it's it's a cool jack. I just... I find... I, I'd rather reach for a Vulcan and just yeah. move my points around a bit. That's fair. But in someone like Lucas, I can see a place for a Suppressor. But again, I'm paying two more points for another Vindicator. So... I could either give something neg to armor, or I could have a weapon master gun on it. No, it's true. It's true. You're not, you're not taking uh, Hajak. You can't take that guy for free. Uh, you can, and he's amazing. He is amazing, and I'm a huge fan of Hajak just as a whole. Me too. He's ah, uh, yeah. I played out of theme when out of theme was way, way not cool anymore with Hell Honey yeah. and Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> and took it to the WC. I think I was like one of two out of theme players there in the whole event. And just because I wanted to play Hot Drug Anna and Stage are in the same list. <laughs> That's awesome. Is, That's nice. is, do you, is Ambush the greatest rule magically it is. now than like... I think so. <laughs> it's, all, it's always been good. I just think it's... I don't know what happened, but I feel like it got magically ten times better than it's ever been. As just yeah. an, an raw effect. Um, I just was wondering, you find yourself like trying to squeeze in as much ambush crap now as possible, or oh, like press gangs and because uh, I play a little bit of retribution as well. Like mage hunter mm-hmm. filters are just the nuts. Yes, is the short answer, but I think it's because they've taken a lot of the restrictions of ambush. Like when ambush was just Anastasia Debray, Hutchuck was like the best ambusher on the table. Uh, one of my locals, Sheldon, he took Butcher Three to the WTC in Mark Two in 2015 with Cossites. <clears throat> and and just carved up with that list. He went six and zero at that WTC. Yeah. And, and um, we just, I think they just the, the restrictions taken off them. Like you wouldn't see press gangers, you wouldn't see something like that. It was bog trog ambushes and cossite woodsmen without backstab before. And, and yeah. now you're seeing all these just superpower units. And I, I've got a local who just plays Legion with all the ambushes and Rias. And that's that's just what he wants to do. And he just puts Rias in a really dumb position, feats, and then charges him with all the ambushes or wins on scenario. <laughs> that's his options. Yeah. Yeah. Before the great complacency occurred um, pre-COVID, <laughs> um, the, I, I was playing a ton of trolls. And the unit that was just killing the unit that was for me, the signature was the bear, the bear force one. And oh, yeah, they, yeah, I was yeah. like, ambush is really stupid. Because like two two things, every scenario had something—a flag or a rectangular zone that was just like four inches from the edge of the table or something. And so those yeah, guys, yeah. like, I was just like, this is a busted mechanic. Now I think it's like really good. But I kind of stepped away from the game for like eighteen months or whatever and to come back like caveman style. And it's like, yeah, ambush turns out like, yeah, I just I I, I feel like it's super abusive. It's like really good now. Yeah. I don't know, oh, yeah, but I yeah, I just want to take twenty cosites and double bear force and whatever. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent bear force and cosites in the same list. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, I think you've got that stupid bumble solo as well, oh. which also ambushes and yeah, just hits legit. like a truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've got a few local troll players, and it's. It's pretty horrendous to play against. It's always just like, okay, I can't get near the edge of the table. Well, two Kazites <laughs> almost forces, if you have support stuff, it forces that stuff in the middle, like six inches of the board. So it's... <laughs> yeah, that's why I think, like, your, your game against Infernal, it's not going to be that rough there, Nigel, because they got, that's one thing they really don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, they're, guns. They're, yeah they're, 
defensive stats are garbage. It so. seems pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think I it depends think, yeah. on how it, how it is as well, right? Like, if you've got your gaspy fours with the cloud wall, you just have to change up your whole approach to the game and put, yeah. like, clouds behind you, leashing off a bit of terrain and just flex around those pieces. Yeah. You can yeah. play around it. It's just frustrating as fuck, right? Oh yeah, and I'm I'm not immune to it, right? I just painted up twenty sites yesterday. <laughs> not going. Like that all. <laughs> oh man, I've been playing uh, you know War Table games with Nigel, and uh, every game he has twenty sites I have gotten decimated. So it's been lovely. Has Amazing. it been? Uh, in my game against uh, Steve, we're like halfway done with it. The the cute one was the. He, we both took ambushers. He's got the mech thralls, and I've got the cast types. Yeah. And I had, but I took Yuri the hunter, and so he was able to ambush, kill a model, and then put the trap behind him so that he couldn't then be ambushed by the mech thralls. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, thought that was, I thought that was super cute. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Cute. I was like, no, yeah, it's just it's such a different because you, yeah, it is amazing. I would have rather loved it out of his front side, but yeah, yeah it, it is cool that um, what the other ambushers force you to do. Yeah, that's why the the two people with ambush is bizarre. I don't think it's happened in the game until maybe until this point. That so much ambush is all over the place with the units, anyways. But, uh, yeah, I think that it is the change to scenario that makes their value skyrocket like crazy. There's something. There's something else that's a little underrated. Is the <laughs> uh, terrain? Modern terrain is also different. It's like more dense in a well, I guess just more dense. And having units on your deployment is just miserable. Oh. So being able to AD and ambush is such a just a, a, a logistical pain reliever. Like, yep. oh my god, having twenty models just not be on the table when they're not needed is just like, oh my god, it's basically like giving my whole army. It's like ERS two, you know, for free. Yeah. <laughs> and I found out playing. I had a game with Vlad two two Rovers. I just I was seeing how the War Machine Weekend winner list went. So I, I just threw that on the table yesterday. I'm like, ah, oh, this thing's the easiest yeah. in the world to deploy. Like, I've got stuff all models on my deployment zone, and then I just load up the AD with Doom Reavers. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, this is just so good. Flat 2's <laughs> yeah. a hell of a drug. Yeah. Hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, this is again, the Flat 2 cost sites. Let's go. Go. <laughs> oh, man. Who aren't you, you killing with that? You just gotta get know. over and give him Hand of Fate somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, but you got the adjunct, the Kadoran Arc node, and then yeah, you just you charge something like the you know, just charge something random, feet, get you know six of them really buffed, and then give them hand of fate, and yeah, I think you're good to go. I think it's basically guaranteed. Uh, you can't lose, really. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, what, what else we got? Jesse, go go. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh you me? Oh, Let's oh. go. Okay, I was just gonna ask, what do you think the top three factions in the game are right now? Um, I'd say we're looking at probably Retribution and Minions are right at the top, top, top. Hmm. Um, ah. and then it's like a, it's a pretty hard fight for second place, right? But I'd put up there, Trolls is right up there, and <laughs> in, in that kind of a a a plus S tier, just something. Yeah, that's my top three. I think it's it's not a huge step down, but then you've got your Kators and your Circle Orboroses and things like that, just on a slight step from there. Okay. Hmm. 
yeah, the I knew they're up there for sure, but um, yeah, Rhett, I don't know. I don't think there's a bad retribution caster. It's at all. I don't even know if that faction really, has a bad model. Yeah, I don't think it's <laughs> bad. There entry. definitely is. There definitely is bad models in the faction. I've got it all. <laughs> um, I, I I just things like Gareth One Shadows is just like again the push the button. I I win. Uh, I think just because people haven't been able to play it enough lately, Falsy is still over the top. There's a, there's a few just over the top things that need to be just be wound down a little bit. And when you can do things without your opponent being able to interact with you at all, that's just badly bad for the game, right? Yeah. And I think there's a few little outliers like that. And I think giving them more changes like the Callista change is fine. Because you have enough shield guts in the game now that that like the leeching gun doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I played against Jeff uh, Galia a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and uh, he's playing. He's rocking the Kalissa. Oh, I was playing the child at the time, and uh, he just uh, my my. I played the Colossal also. I was testing that thing out, and uh, it just never had any fury on it because <laughs> he just got shot off. And then I don't know. It, she seems really fun though, but. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's uh, we have a weekly game scheduled, so it's just been fun to play. And that we've That's right. yeah, yeah. So, yep. I've missed two, yeah, two or three having, weeks, having but that, we're good. Having that Sylvester esque kind of caster in a faction, <sighs> which Callista now kind of fills, yep. where they just do everything, but they don't do anything amazingly. Yep. And you've yep. got a lot of options when you're playing them. So, and now Crystal Rout has two of them. So with Lucas and Sylvester, where you can just yep. change your game plan on a dime and shift gears and totally, like, look at the table a different way. Yep, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> um, what was I going to ask? Do you think that... I don't really want to get negative at all, but... Uh, with how the balance the game, I guess. Do you think they look at, like... Do you think they must look at Infernals also? When they, you know, adjust the Crucible Guard models, or vice versa, I guess? I don't know, because... Not, no, uh, not I, vice versa. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna put any words in anyone's mouth. I, I don't know. It's the fast answer. I, the company is... The game is so big, and there's only so many people working for it. Like, that's gotta be a hard job. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're doing an amazing job for how many people work for the company and sure. how big Privateer is. And I'm still yeah. really enjoying the game, and I don't feel like there's any, apart from one or two things, I don't feel like there's any huge allies in the game which are so far above the rest that it's an issue. Mm-hmm. Or so far below the rest. And they're making a concerted effort now to just bring Level everything the in line. Field. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I'm really. They continue on the path they're on now. I think that they're going to win a lot of their old players back. Yep. Which they've lost over the years. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. All of their moves are coming off as randomly super five head. The uh, the <laughs> in eight twelve months ago it was all the wills are leaving. The company's going to die, and then now it's like <laughs> they're doing really good for no wills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for having yeah. literally zero wills on staff they're doing excellent like every yeah. uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. amazing how how people uh, just their community, they, they, just the private press community. Although I say, you know what? The best thing that could have happened is that that whole the last year we've been through. Um, you know, it was great for scorn memes. Obviously, bad for private press. But like, <laughs> but um, the uh, it got rid of so much just like toxic chaff. You know, like those guys are gone and they probably never come back. And it's kind of to come back in, and then it's like, oh, oh, this is so nice. It's it's nice in here. Like none of the the edge lords yeah. are gone. Uh, I I find the community is like one of the parts which keeps me with this game. Like I wouldn't play the game for fifteen odd years already yeah. if the community wasn't amazing. And there's yeah. people who come and go as as time goes on. <laughs> And it has, the game seems to have a way of pushing people like that out of it. Yeah, yeah. So they're all off playing 40k now, so right. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Like good runs. Enjoy, enjoy your game. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys think <laughs> that the update is the biggest draw for or for old players coming back, or is it something else? Update is straw for people coming back like seeing it from a retailer perspective as well I, i'm just watching all the communities start to get revitalized people are talking more about it and i think things like podcasts such a creation of everyone trying to get their just opinion out there and podcasts at one point and it's kind of scaled back to a good level of podcasts mm-hmm. yeah it was uh, quite flooded for a long time I mean, there was a shitload. Of, there seemed to be like a new one every two weeks, but now it's yeah. good. And I, I, I again, I, I drive a bit for my job, so mm-hmm. I, I listen to a fair few podcasts of all different types. And, and I, I found it kind of I didn't want to listen to everyone's opinion. Uh, like there, there's a few that I always loved the original Musecast that kept me occupied so many Saturdays when it would come out. Oh yeah, in my like four to five hour muse casting back in the day. Yeah, I still listen to those. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, and I was a, for a nostalgia hit, I listened to one a few months back, and yeah. just having people think about the game in a different way is always excellent and refreshing. I, True. Yeah, and having new blood in this space as well, and having people who like the enthusiasm can replace a lot of knowledge, right? And having yeah. people who are just enthusiastic talking about the game, it's such a big thing. Yeah. Well, like I said in my Australian chat the other day, I just uh, my goal at least here is just to get people fired up, you know. So I'm hoping that and the guests, it's been fun chatting. So, yeah, but, it's been uh, awesome. yeah. there's there's chats that I'm in, um, that I'll be like. I just played like my fifth game of War Machine in the last two weeks, you know, and even at like that would be a high clip even for me at like a my peak War Machine gaming, you know, like mm-hmm. and they're just like it, it's sort of funny because you're just in a room full of dead people. They're all like, what that game's still going <laughs> like just, and it's just it's, it's like weird. But then I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, you got, yeah, that's how we want to be. I'll just I'll take my uh, positivity elsewhere. And then the other day, magically start out on it. They want to ask like all these questions. Well, like, well, you know, what's so cool? That's like, you know, they're <laughs> they're like asking like inquisitive questions and stuff. Uh, and yeah, they're like, it's it's just shocking that they're like people who are like, I thought that that company went under. It's like, what are you guys? How did you get so out of touch so quick? I mean, it's only been a year. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, yeah, but 
Well, you know, we'll see. Um, again, that weird people that's hit too that a game can get boring to you and you can leave it, and it doesn't mean that the company screwed you over. Like that's just like people have to get over themselves. There's just like yeah. the of uh, the other thing that I see is this resistance to come back because they they feel like uh they're like a woman scorned, like the private press have somehow screwed them over. And it's like, what are you talking about? The game just got boring. We played it a lot, you know, and I mean now we take eighteen months off. Shut up and like pull your head out of your ass. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I guess we're going. Oh no, that's that was what were you? No, I, I had the same thing. I I had a bit. I've had different times where I've burnt out and taken time off from the game and come back and really, really been revitalized with it. And um, also just changing what you're playing. Like I found as a WTC player a lot, the focus on the game, because I was in um, the same 2015 WTC team as Moops and Deno and Ben Leeper and all that when we lost the finals. Yeah, I remember that. Oof. Yeah. Oh, man, I could have uh, burned you in the, in the intro. Damn it. You idiot, just. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I that hit us all hard, and I was the only one who really stayed playing after that. Right. And that's when I moved to Poland, and I just switched the way I wanted to play the game. And so I switched from being that taking it so seriously, and just I I mentally went, all right, this is a good way to make friends in a new country because I was living in Poland then. And I just yeah. went, okay, this is I'm gonna just play like. Kane 2, Haley 3, just with these jank lists and just have a barrel of fun. And I think that's what really kept the game going for me is just taking it less seriously and just enjoying myself, What like mm-hmm. finding what I enjoy in the game. Because the game, I, I, I keep looking at other games, especially only game store, like the 40k community is, and the AOS community is monstrous. And like yeah. I had one of my employees who plays a bit of War Machine with me jump over and start playing 40k competitively, and he is just the saltiest guy ever now. <laughs> he just, yeah. the, the rules are so convoluted for 40k, and I just I look across there and I'm like, that's great if you want to play it. I, I, I really, I think if you want to play a game, you're playing a game for your reasons, and just go enjoy it. I don't, I don't want to push anyone into my game. I'm like, this is the, why, the reasons I play this game. But if you're not into that, that's cool. If you want to play with, like, play with your friends first and foremost. So if all your friends are playing 40k, go play 40k. But yep. you hate the game. Find a different community. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I I came from 40k and I look at it now and I'm just like, holy crap, just toxic crap everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. And, yeah. 40k is just a weird one. It's like the game... I, I don't know. I've never really like... <laughs> It's like, you know, you compared uh, War Machine to chess. And, I, you know, people always, like, when I want to, like, you sort of assert that their game's, like, big big brain tactical, they want to draw the chess comparison. But it's, like, it's sort of more than that, because it's, like, the chess comparison is more specific to the fact that you have, like, you know, it's not that it's, like, a big brain, high strategy game, or, you know, it's that... Each piece has a very specific job and has very specific things it needs to do. They have to work kind of in concert. And you have a micro, you're playing micro strategies, like one and two moves ahead, but also you have a macro strategy, like you're, and and it's like where it's totally off the rails, not chess, is that you're composing. You know, you don't have to take eight pawns, two rooks, two bishops, two, you know, you just take the what the whatever the heck you can shove, you know. So it's like that was what makes it super interesting that like most people's brains light on fire. Whereas like 40K is just this macro strategy. It's like a, it's all just macro. Like it's all just shoving numbers in a bucket and then dumping it on the table. 
and I mean, I know I'm oversimplifying it. I know I'm not being that fair to it, but it's not the same as War Machine. It's definitely leans more like objectively it's not as uh dynamic at a small scale like model to model move to move in yeah. dice to dice like you know a single die roll in war machine is always so critical it just feels so bad when you miss and it's like you're recovering from just one thing and war machine is just redundancy and you're just beating them with math and it's like a, it's just like two spreadsheets going at it on warhammer you mean yeah yeah or sorry warhammer yeah 40k so anyways, that's, I a, just... that's pretty apt analysis of it, right? Like, that's very similar to my views on it. Yeah, and so it's like, it's interesting to see people be competitive at Age of Sigmar, and what they're actually is, I'm a, I'm a competitive accountant. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's my, like... My boss has won the Age of Sigmar, like, my big boss at work. This is how I got the job at my game store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's that Age of Sigmar, like, number one player in Australia. And oh, there's more to it, but it's still like I, I listen to him talk about the game and the approach to the game. There's the deep thought is still surface level stuff in comparison yeah. to War Machine. And it, but if it tickles your buttons, then go play it. It's that whole yeah. thing of like I, I don't yeah. want to diss anyone else's games, but at the same time, no. like it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Why would I go play it? Like the models are cool, but why would I go play a game that doesn't do it for me? Yeah, yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's the same. For the like, record, I love Age of Sigmar. Uh, so like 40k, eh, I could do without it. Other than I love the models, Age of Sigmar is better. It's a you know, it's just it's it's more immersive. It's fun. You're kind of tapping into some nostalgia too with it. But I don't know. I used to great. I used to get really like annoyed because our our uh, community is our community is pretty good size now, but back in the day it was not. And I was I always get so pissed when somebody would choose 40k over War Machine. It's like, what are you doing? The War Machine is right here. We play it every week. It's fantastically well balanced. Like back in then, the power creep wasn't that crazy. And you're going over to Codex Creep over there, just buckets of dice. A blob of dude shoots at a blob of guys. Who cares which one shoots who? Your opponent picks who dies. Like what the what the fuck are you guys doing? It's stupid. But well, also in 40k, you have all this like giant dumb terrain, and it like yeah has no inf. It's barely impactful. Yeah, and then like it's, we it's, have- it's like. It's like if any game could have just 2D terrain, it's them. And they're the ones that like to crap on War Machine because it's like, it's all that 2D terrain. It looks yeah. like crap. <laughs> but, yeah, but conversely, I, the 2D terrain has huge impacts. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's switched a bit now. I think 40K terrain matters a bit more um, yeah. because I've had to redo heaps of it for my shop. And yeah. AOS stuff can be more 2D terrain because it's just it does this, this, or this now. Yeah. We've actually had a lot of the AOS guys playing on the Muse on Minis terrain. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. yeah like, anyway, my point was that now I've changed because like, I have to take more of a a, a, a uh, viewpoint that you do, Gigantor. It's just like, if if that's what you like, then play that game. Like, there's room at the shop for both games. And maybe, yeah. you know, we have quite a few people who, who go between both. It's like, if you can financially do that, fucking good on you, man. That's cool. But it's just, uh, that game just never appealed to me. Like, the models. Oh, man. Don't move. You just pick, you know, my here's my twenty dudes. I roll twenty dice. They shoot at your twenty dudes. Who shoots who? I don't know. You pick. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's stupid. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would rather play crossbows and catapults. Remember that old game where you have the crossbows and catapults? Yeah. Like, yeah. You just you both make your little forts and then you shoot at each other and then uh, you know, you go home. But that game is way fine. more interesting to me than actually like having a spreadsheet do it for you. It's like, well, I'm getting gypped out of like the Lego sort of Rube Goldberg actual machine that shoots people. 
I'm going to try and find that game on eBay now. (laughs) (laughs) I I had one of my employees was complaining, the guy who plays 40k, and he was saying that he went to a 40k tournament and he was playing against one of the Team Australia players going over to the like their WTC type thing, (laughs) if they're allowed. Um, argued that his codex, which was brought out after their FAQ, is actually still the FAQ, and they they like they just browbeat him into accepting invalid rules, and because the rules are so badly written that he had no way of proving otherwise. Ooh. So, yeah. like, he he lost this game, and apparently it happens every single time he plays against any of these guys who are in this higher tier of competitive play, but has a lot of fun playing against anyone else, and it's just because the guy's a little guy, right? Like, he's five and a half foot tall, so he doesn't have that, like, stature to stand up and push push back with a lot of things. They treat him like a little kid, even though he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just, I, I see stuff like that, and I hear stories, and it just kills any interest I'd possibly have yeah. in the game. Just seeing it again, I don't know if it's different other places, but obviously it's the way it is here. Right. Well, and when- also... Nazis, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> negative for forty K that happened recently. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, the thing with forty K is a weird one on that front, the the edge lord front is that um Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's sort of a sad state of it's just a sad state of the world right now, honestly. It's just like how much it's like but yeah. But I, I but without that going I don't know, that's just like a weird quagmire of a um <laughs> I had a thing. So when I when I was on the first uh, episode back with Full Tilt, I, I pointed out sort of the uh, perception, the perceived way of like culturally uh, America versus Europe versus Australia plays the game. And I mentioned, I think I thought perceptually Australia was amongst the most persnickety, followed by like maybe Britain and then maybe Germany, like the three most like persnickety metas as far as it, you know, just playing by the rules, making sure you mark your prey when you at the correct phase of marking your prey, or else you lose it. Like that, like that real adherence to uh, game detail. And within that, and then I wasn't saying it as a negativism. I don't think that's how I meant it. I just it's like that's just it's it's an important framework that uh, you you have your opponent accept, and then you play the game accordingly. Um, and Moops came in on the chat and said he heard the podcast and said we're actually super chill now, mate. And I was like, yeah. well, what does that even mean? So, uh, you know, what what has changed and uh, how are you guys like sort of engaging the game now that's different from WTC, so I'll, whatever? I'll take it back because it's that whole WC 2015 thing, losing the finals mm-hmm. there. So we took ourselves far too seriously coming up to that. And we did really well, right? Like we always had an Australia-Australia final. And yeah, the hard part was we didn't even come third. We came fourth. That was brutal. And so, like, taking ourselves so seriously and having it as such a big part of our life and doing so many things to that point. And we all duty each other up, right? Like, it was it was a big part of everything. And so getting to the post that, going, well, was it really worth it being, like, that over the top into it? Like, I, I'm still really into the game. I just, I think there's a lot of little habits in the way we approach the game and the stresses we had beforehand that just aren't there anymore. And I think post-2015 is when we had the shift. So, okay. and, and 
we had the Germans. Like I was talking to Tim Gruber, I think his name is how to pronounce his last name. Sweet German dude. Um, post semi-finals. And he was commenting on how Moops didn't just convey the way he wants to do things. He said, I'm going to do this with this intention. And it was all laid out. So there was no misconception. They just said it was the most, like getting this from the Germans going, he's the cleanest player we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And having 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 that dialogue amongst it, it's more it's more so you get people you get you get some of the Australian players jumping on you if you're just not clear about your intent. And I think just going, this is this, and then you go, Oh, of course, you just stuffed up, just move it back a little bit, do this. Like this is yeah. this is the intent. I, I think it is shifted more towards that. You've got to have everyone involved. Like you can't be browbeating players into like the most perfect play because you'll just lose players left, right, and center. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it there's definitely been a perception change in the last six years. I think that's good. I think it's good that you know we uh, we're coming in out of a pretty rough time for privateer, so I think now is a good time uh, to play the game more to bring people in, less to win. Which well, it's, you know, it's an interesting shift because like six years ago, I was kind of questioning. You know, based on I wouldn't say the success of the Australian teams and like the British teams and the German teams and stuff, but I was coming away with like, are we doing it wrong? So hmm. I thought, well, maybe America needs to clean up because again, we talked about like Crump's full tilt uh, experience. Um, yeah, and it was basically because he was sort of mentally sloppy. You know, is ultimately right. I just remember the drive home. I was like, God damn it, Crump! You know, like if you could just clean your shit up a little bit, this wouldn't even be a problem. And right. um, I and I was I was like being hard on Crump perceptually, like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what he did, you know, you do want to play a game where you can have a mental flub. And if you can fix the game state uh, without anything being terribly disruptive, you know, it's not it's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, but I did think I'm like with with the Crump experience, I'm like, the Australians have it right. I think that that's more the way you need to practice to be really rigid. <laughs> and uh, so it's interesting, like, I think my mindset was like, if I ever get back and want to get competitive, I'm just going to, like, really, really, like, no take backs. We're going to, like, just really, gonna, like, horn in on the rules and make sure that's, like, tight and clean and uh, everything's, you know, agreed upon all the time, like... Um, so it's interesting to see that you guys have relaxed. And also when I did come back, I'm like, ah, I'm just going to be relaxed. I can't, I can't change. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. And it, it depends on how you want to, how you feel like you should approach game. Like, and for better or worse, like you said with Jeff, like he's really tight on himself, but like if, if it's something where it's obvious, like I've moved this model forward six inches, oh, I'm going to shoot. No, I'll just move it back the way he came another three. So mm-hmm. Something like that, totally fine, right? Like it's not, it's not like you're going further in a direction than you originally were, or going to places that you couldn't possibly be. Yeah, I, I think there's there's definite like levels, but it depends as well. Like I'll sit across the table from someone and say, "We'll play the game like on the clock." If you're marking damage and stuff, and you're being slow about it, I'm going to start switching the clock back to you at a tournament. Yeah. yeah. Like I have my little spiel. I'm like I'm pretty chill, but if you take me for a ride, I'm gonna I'm gonna tighten things up. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think and... the clock switching one too. I think that's one. I don't think that that's playing yeah. tight. I think switching yeah. the clock on and even on one tough check, if you yeah. honestly like, yeah. clock time is precious. Uh, and that's a really weird thing to game oh. around. So it's like, I don't think 
I've always thought that that was weird that people think that that's a, like an imposition, you know, like, oh man, he was really like a ball buster. He kept switching the clock to me. I was like, well, was it your, were you, were you rolling dice? He's like, well, yeah, but it was just like, I was just doing this like thing, you know, I was like, well, then shut up, you know, <laughs> like yeah, that's on your rules. time, buddy. Yeah. yeah that's like, yeah. Yeah. That's no, uh, and it depends on the list you're playing as well. Like I've had people who have obviously tried to clock me before and who get really shitty when I switch the clock back to them when they're marking damage. And I'm playing something like Haley 3, which is the most time-intensive caster in the game. Yeah. I'm like, right. man, we're in, we're in like the CanCon semifinals here. You're fucking around. You're obviously trying to clock me. Yeah. And I'm, of course I'm going to switch the clock to you. You can sit here and argue, but I'll call a judge and they can do clock management for us. Yep. I, yeah. I think, I think that's wild that's wild to me that people would ever take offense to clock management, you know, like if nothing else, if nothing else, if all you're doing is as a service to them, reminding them of sort of the pace of the game of like the, the importance of the time. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't want somebody who's just like coming in a little hungover and wants to have a chill game, you know, sort of playing like loose time wise. Um, you know, they need to like kind of snap out of it, get the smelling salts out and kind of come you know, present. Like they don't have to be high and tight and like super serious, but they just have to be alert and present and then engaged. So you're not like kind of having to snap your fingers to get their attention and stuff. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. So I think the clock thing. I I don't think that that's rude or weird or impractical. I don't. I just think you should just do it. Like I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I think it it depends on what's happening, right? Like I'm always trying to. I try to be as respectful as I can of my opponent's clock as well. So I try to mark things as fast as possible. And yeah. I try to have things as clear as, as I can on my bases. So all my bases have really obvious front marks. And then if I've got a unit with multiple wounds, I have like A through D or A through F or whatever it is on their bases. So they're clearly marked. I'll paint units with a really obviously brighter color so you can tell the difference between the two, yeah. two units if they're on the table. Like I, I want to make it as easy and straightforward as I possibly can for my opponent to identify things. And so I make their gaming experience a lot less stressful. They can see things. It's clearly marked on the table. Like using the magnetic damage dials and stuff like that, always hmm. a treat. How many wounds does he have left? Three. Yeah. Don't right. need to open more. It's just there. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, my response is basically like, uh, if, if someone wants to be a dick to me and like be super in on the rules... I know the rules quite well, and you're probably going to get it 10 times worse back. Because, like, I've done yeah. the WC level yeah. play. I've done the, like, over-the-top um, tight play, and I don't want to play the game that way. No. Yeah. If, if, but, if, but if you're playing the game that way against me, I'm just going to reflect exactly how you approach me. Yep. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of people. It's like, read the read the room or whatever. Like, um, I think <clears> when people do that, especially when it's, like, a casual player, like a, a, a you know, a... Well, I don't know. I don't want to use the word try, try hard or whatever, but like, a, they, you know, they get like, a, usually there's like a short term advantage they gain by it. Uh, and then they, they don't understand who they're playing against and what the long term disadvantage is. <laughs> and that, oh, the rest of the game's on these terms. And that is a strictly in my, not in my favor. I just love that. Like, there's like JVM or Chuck are not dudes that you'd want to do that to either. Like, they're just, there's guys out there that, yeah. Uh, and people, it's just amazing that people can't help themselves. These little, these gamers, they get out there and, uh, yeah, they just, they gotta be, they gotta turn that gear at just this, at the weirdest time. And, and I think more, it's, no, it, it's think worse it's, depending on your atmosphere and your community and how you've structured your community as a whole. If you're a community builder, <laughs> 
I find there was a stage where we were really competitive and the top tables were the most chill tables because we knew what was going on and we knew how we were both approaching the game and it was fine. But the guys at the very bottom of the tables who hadn't had a win yet, who were trying to get that one win for the day, were the worst. Yeah. They were being like super harsh on their opponents and like, no, we've seen this happen at the top tables, so we're going to do it this way. And when you don't have got someone across the table who doesn't know as well, just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that's the way we play. Like, you haven't put that social contract in place yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well. amazing. The, the, the scene, too, is like if you have a... I, I, it's kind of funny that, like, a community... Because that's an observation that we've sort of always made was, like, in big tournaments on state side, you know, you have the usual suspects that all show up and descend on these tournaments from all over the country. And after round two, they all it becomes basically a class reunion where all those people are basically still in it. And um, but then the games get totally chill. It's like always the first two rounds are the spicy ones where you have people blowing up or wanting to fight or whatever stupid. If there's <laughs> going to be nonsense, it's going to be round one and two because that's when the 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 people who are just not coming in equipped, you know, with the right men- mental state uh, are, yeah, embarrassing themselves. And then after that, it's oh. like. Yeah, I always try to have like a pretty mental lenient state. Like if someone's blowing up at a game like that, they've uh, like, man, I had this one story from back in 40k. This one dude was like going off and just screaming and yelling, and it turns out like his daughter had died a week beforehand, and he still came to oh, this 40k yeah. tournament. And then he was taking it out on everybody else there. I didn't find this out till like five years later. Yeah, but it's just like if somebody's in that state, I always think like. What's happened to this person to get them to that point? And should I be more lenient on them, or are they just a jerk? Yeah, there's a there's a very like there's a lot in that, and it just depends on who they are as a person, the way they're approaching the game. Like there, there's a lot to it. So it if someone's like almost picking fights at the table, then you've just got to be like more lenient to them. And sometimes I'll really apologize after the game and be like, man, I've just had a hard time lately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm far too chill. I just don't care that much. Like, if somebody really wants to win the game, like, all power to them. It's toy soldiers. I'm yeah. Still gonna I, have a I have a, life and go out. I have a gear now that that's like my thing. Is if I detect almost any uh sort of of that energy coming from them, I just kind of roll over now. <laughs> and I've been doing that for like a like a I feel like a decade. I mean, I've really adopted it. Um, where I just kind of throw the game because it's like, you know, usually in your mind when they're having that meltdown, you've established in your mind a, a, a line of play that wins. And then you don't, you know, once you've observed it, I don't need to see it out. So then, like, in my head, I've won a game. And then I just throw the one on the table away. Um, and for me, that seems to work. And it usually, like, I don't know. I, the I don't know if that's kind of the same the same thing you're accessing, but... Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to. Describe. I'm a I'm a pretty big guy, so yeah. I, I think I oh, I, I have to approach the um I have to approach the table in a way that I'm not gonna intimidate people mm-hmm. because if if I come out there and I start because like I used I was a at one stage I got up to like 167 kilos of pretty solid muscle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh, for like, sure. I, I'm just shy of two meters tall. So, like, I, I was a yeah. really big dude. I'm a lot, I'm smaller now. Like, I'm only 120 kilos, but I, I just found I had to approach the table differently because people will react badly when they're intimidated. Because when you are faced with someone who is significantly bigger, it changes the, I the social get, dynamics. Yeah. The I think you get all these chill games. I bet you. <laughs> I actually, there's a, there's, there's a comparison that, uh, um, <laughs> uh, I, I have a buddy, uh, John Eggers. Um, he play. He used to play War Machine a lot, and but he played. Uh, he's he's kind of your same dimensions. Uh, he's like totally yeah. Jack six six, and uh, um, it, he's a goofy personality though. I don't think he's intimidating at all. But like people, other people do because he's you know he's like you know wide shouldered uh, fireman type guy you know, and. Uh, but we played Infinity, and if you tell me to talk about a game that's just uh, about as confrontational as humanly possible, like at every turn, like oh my god, that game is just a confrontation per second. Like, uh, but that guy had the sweetest games of any person. It was just like nobody got, nobody said crap to him. Like, and just AROs, <laughs> all the interactions, they just got out of the way, and then they would like be buddies, and they'd be buying drinks for him afterwards and stuff like that. He had just like the sweetest ride in Infinity. I hated that game so much, and yeah. uh, I was just—I just you you saying it has basically put the puzzle pieces like, well, goddamn it, like uh, yeah. I mean, is he just is get, he just like just huge. yeah, yeah, just get huge oh, and then everybody gets pissed. <laughs> no, nobody wants to piss off the Wookie. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, that's, that's amazing. And uh, well, I've got a super dry sense of humor as well. So when I'm talking shit at the table, people take me seriously sometimes. I'm like, oh man, I've just, I think I've just threatened this dude without realizing. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> Should we uh, circle back around? Chris Bernard? Uh, sure. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, sorry, Nigel. Jeez. So we've been asking uh, every every uh, guest so far if they would rate or rank the casters and most of them do top three or something but uh, I mean Crucible Guard is only five or six right so if you want to go ahead and do that one through one through five is it there's five casters yeah I I think uh, the one who stands above all of them but not by much especially after losing a few jack points is Lucas mm. um, and then just blow him you've got like the Vespro on paper doesn't look as good as he is. And he is one of the most interesting casters you'll ever play in the game. And he just oh, yeah. does everything. <clears throat> but on his card, you just go, what the fuck is this? He's, he's another Kalissa. Like, he just does it all. And it just depends on how you want to structure the turn and how you want to approach the game. So, Sylvester, very close second. And then in third, if you want to have a blast playing a game, play McKay. She is one of the most fun casters to play. She just cruises around the table and blows up the fucking world. There's one or two little things that I'd like to see changed with her, but I don't think that? it's necessary. Her Pardon? jack points? No, her jack points are fine. No, I, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to see her having um, like a slight change to speed the battle engines up. So instead of having mobility, have it for constructs in her control area. Get it? Nigel, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel, what do you mean? Uh, McKay gaining uh, an ability to speed the, the, the battle engines up. 
the catastrophe you played against the other day. I, they're, 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 they're busted enough. I don't know if adding two more. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's like for being, sure. It's and like being, being shot in the face by two bazookas versus one. I don't know. They get, I guess it's <laughs> worse, technically. Uh, on the, on the, like, on... I haven't played McKay with the battle engine since I've they've got the buff, so I also don't know how that runs. It was fun. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I had a lot of fun. She used to be my her and Silvestro used to be my pair, and I'd drop her mm-hmm. most of the time, and people would just be like, "What the fuck? I don't even know what the hell is happening here." And she just runs all over the table, doing the dumbest shit ever. She just ends up in silly places, and she's. She dies surprisingly easily, but also has yeah. like really nuanced plays on the way you want to end her, and she can really mess with your head. But I'd put her slightly above Gearheart, actually, as a caster. Okay. <clears throat> and then Gearheart and uh, Bennett would be last. No, sorry. Bennett's above Lock for Crystal Guard. Yeah. And that's why so I, I ranked them. I have not played her yet, but she. I do have a lot of lists with her, and she seems kind of pretty fun. You know. Bennett or Locke? Bennett or Locke. Bennett. I, I gave Bennett a go, just as like the Rocketman spam. Uh-huh. So I took as many Rocketman as I possibly can. She's really fun. And then I took her post uh, the blast damage nerf and just got blasted off the table. Yeah, it's terrible, actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, she's really cool. She's a lot of fun. She's like... If Aurora, she's like the the B movie Aurora too. Yeah, I I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah, the, yeah the I don't Hollywood know. version of Aurora too. Cool. <laughs> she's she's much cooler. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. She could be cool. Uh, she, I guess, like you said, that that blast damage change just hurts her so bad. I think or hurts her list. You know, she's but, super fun. She is but she's like. Fun. A plus one, and yep. like every Crucible Guard caster, their stuff on their card doesn't translate well to the table until you play it on the table. And then you're like, ah, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is how I approach the table. And once you start to see that come together, it becomes quite interesting. Right. And I, I think maybe some things like what they've done with the trencher weapon attachments by reducing them to a point might help. Hmm. Sure. It's, just because the Rocketmen are in this interesting place. Like, they are some of the coolest-looking ones. Oh, um, man. I, I just want to play more Rocketmen, really. Yep. But they're, so they're like, <laughs> points-wise on the table, too. I mean, they're, what are they, 19 points or 21 points for the unit, right? 25 with, the, with all three Rocketmen, right? Or all three uh, Sluggers. I don't even know. I just... Click buttons. Uh, yeah, yeah, twenty-five because the UA is four, and then the each of uh, the dudes is two, so that's another ten. Yep. So that's, Jesus. that's brutal. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, because I found myself taking a max unit and just the UA and leaving it that one at the time. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I take a min unit and a couple sluggers with the UA. I think mm. they're pretty good, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm doing so like they need to be touched to change with the blast damage, but and not a lot, right? Like they just need the slightest shove in a little direction. What do you mean? You like a bump like, armor or what? Is it, is it like, no, the points. I, I think oh, yeah, no, for like, sure, for sure. Line adjustments in points. Yep, yep, yep. Because yep. it's like trench commandos. No one was taking trench commandos. And now when I'm building signal lists, I'm looking at min trench commandos plus three scatter gunners in the UA as like a pretty standard sweet package. Sure. What do you think? The unit drops by three points or four points? 
four points. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> probably, probably reduce it to like uh, seven nine seven thirteen, I reckon, or uh, eight thirteen, to encourage you to take the big unit and just drop the UAs, the weapon attachments, down a little bit. So I meant, I meant like four points for the entire package. So it'd be twenty-one still. So oh, that's quite a lot still. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It's still a lot on, of points. Or you, or you can make it. You make it twenty for the whole package, but I don't. As I said, not a game designer, so I can't. Yeah, really I don't know. Yeah. Same here. Just but... knee, knee jerk reaction of where yeah. I would take that might yeah. be twenty for the whole package, and that might be three for the UA and one for each attachment, and then I'd probably be dropping them into a min unit plus that. Yeah, yeah. unless I'm taking with someone like Sebastro who can buff them with their defense. Yeah. Yep. Um. <laughs> So your last caster in the faction's lock? Yeah. She's... Oh, man, she wants to be good. She yeah. she could do some cool things. Uh, Moops was posting up in our, in the, one of the War Machine charts I'm in about how he played lock with six or seven... What, I think it was six Vindicators? Just for Warpath? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he just wanders up, shoots something, pulls it back a little bit. One's up, shoots a link, and I don't know what happened with that that game, but it, that just seems like a silly niche thing to me. Like, if, yeah. if someone can beat that, they just straight up will beat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's she's got her place. Like, you can play her if you really want to. She's just better in convergence, which kind of overshadows her, right? And she doesn't do enough. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to want to play her. Like, I've got everything in Crucible Guard painted up. I just yeah. She never hit the table with me because she's the she one model in the faction I don't actually own. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, she, because I, I was searching through my stuff when I was moving house recently and I found the faction of convergence in a box. So I've just started putting that together. Um, so I, I might actually hit the table with her with convergence. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, jackhammering their colossals or any of their jacks seems pretty cool. You know, I don't know. Yeah, um, and her, her feet's interesting and cute as well. Yep. So uh, yeah. uh, you you were talking earlier, and obviously Nigel kind of goes over your head a little bit, buddy. But doesn't matter. Uh, so you take uh, you were t- you were taking Lucas lists in the Magnum Opus theme force then, just building with uh, the infantry and stuff. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I'm assuming well, you have multiple lists because I do too. But <laughs> so yeah. He's, Really, I think all their casters are just so open. They can kind of do whatever they want, you know? Uh, maybe. Other than... To an, ex- to an extent, right? Like, I, I still want to see... Um, I, I still want to see someone like McKay in the Jack theme force, and I yeah, wouldn't really yeah, yeah. take her in infantry. No, no, totally. I was just going <laughs> to say that. Yep. But her gun is super sweet. Like, she just does so much. And if you haven't put her on the table already and you play Crucible Guard, do yourself a favor and just take it to games night and have a blast. Yeah, I made a mistake. And I, I'm like, I'll just play a caster against Nigel that I haven't played yet. And because it was one of his early games back on War Table. I'm like, I'll just play McKay with two Railuses and two Death Archons, one, one Mentalist, a Vindicator, and a Toro. <laughs> and I feeded and I killed he was playing the Man of War theme so I didn't really need the hit rolls so that didn't really 
yeah, it didn't go very well for him. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's why I was rubbing him a little shit earlier. But you know, he's uh, he's taking it well. But yeah, the she's fun. She's a lot of fun. I didn't realize like the feet move was so far, which is totally fun. You know, it's just it's gun sprint, right? Yeah, it is. It yeah. is for everything. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, it's real good. Yeah, but especially like because I would traditionally take her with huge bases, right? Yeah. and I took her with Prospero with a Vulcan. Just because, oh. yeah, her Prospero Vulcan's amazing. It's not quite as good as uh, other Prospero Vulcans, like uh, Sylvester Prospero Vulcan. Yep, yep. But it's still just, <clears throat> just amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Who else? All uh, right. You, oh, I was going to ask Go. one question first. Uh, yes. So you mentioned Sylvestro earlier on. Uh, you talked about Kalissa, and there are similar similar types of casts. Or do you think the two of them and maybe Zadaroth, those are the three best. They had like, a baby. Those are like the three best Swiss Army knife all around uh, casters in the game. Oof. Swiss Army knife casters. Well, I just no. feel like they they're well two blocksy. I guess is the the word I'm looking for. I literally, so what is it? Zach's pretty cool, well, but yeah, you've, totally well sk- you've totally skipped circle and trolls. Like, you're not looking at your Wormwood or your Kruger 2. Oh, and yeah, Kruger 2 is probably one of the best Swiss Army knives in the game. Uh, Wormwood, Wormwood just had, Wormwood's similar, but in different ways. Um, obviously, it doesn't work as well against Colossals now, but you can still, like, speed debuff them with um, Kruger 2. Yeah. And um, I want to say the other one was, oh, yeah, Rask. Just Rask every day of the week. Best caster in the game. Best, yeah, he's awesome. Like, I, I honestly think the Rascalis is the top in the game at the moment, bar none. Um, and it's just Rask with Pokemon's salt to flavor. Um, yeah. Well, I guess what I, what I was actually what I was saying is like that is they're casters that have something for every situation, right? Like you got a, an armor debuff or some kind of some kind of speed debuff in the form of transmutation. Uh, you got dude, you can do a little bit yourself. You can speed your stuff up. A little bit of denial. I think those three are probably the best, right? Kruger doesn't have any sort of armor buff, right? Yeah, like Wormwood does. But you, but... Don't, you don't need it. Well, well, hey. Like, you've got Warfalls, which just have Death Touch, and they just walk up and breathe on stuff, and they die now. Or, yeah. or you've got the Warfalls, which are all power 18, Megalith power 19, plus you've got, like, if you're taking it in, um, what are, I can't remember the name, World War, Bones of Warbrus. Yeah. Um, it's if you've got the little shooty dudes have purgation on them, like you just, you just so good. don't you don't need an armor debuff in cycle. Yeah, you're and then you've also got the hermit, which just walks into a position and just does the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and two yep. wearing a hermit is a is just amazing. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's faction dependent, right? For Swiss Army knives. So, like Lucas is great. Uh, Sylvester, the thing with Crucible Guard is similar again. Like, all the debuffs are built into all your stuff, so you don't really need a debuff on your card. Yep, that's true. Um, Signar is very different. I don't think there's a proper Swiss Army knife in the faction. I think it's all Signar feels a lot like Retribution did in Mark II, where (laughs) you have to build the specific things. Okay. And it's good at doing this, but it's not really good at doing like it's good at doing X, but it's not good at doing Y. You know, 
and you've got you can't really build a good all round enlistment signal. It'll be fine. It can do one thing really well and other things okay, but they they can really really suffer. And then you got yeah. what else? You got I love I'm a huge Grim One fan and Grim Two. Mm. They're great, but Colt Grim is probably the best Swiss Army knife there. And again, like you've just got all your buffs are on your uh, war beasts. Yep. Um. Uh, do you think? Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, I've derailed the question a bit, but I, I, it's hard to answer to say who has the best Swiss Army knife for. He, I feel like he all, likes to, he likes to ask questions in which he's looking for a specific answer. That is correct. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm definitely not. No. I was uh, thinking. I, I think the the best. I should have said Swiss Army knife. That was a, a wrong word. I, th- I was thinking more of a toolboxy caster, and those. I think I th- those I think, gotta be the best. Well, but, yeah, but it's like, like who is your three again? Who is your three? Zadaroth, uh, Silvestro, and Kalissa. They just do. Okay. They just have an answer. For, they have something for everything for every situation. It's those three. Yeah, I just it's just like, uh, I just I think it's like weird that so Kador like every one of their cat like oh it's, I, you have a hard time finding one that's not a toolbox caster. It's like uh, old witch yeah. or something, you know. Like, but then um, Cricks, you know, I think like Denny one is yeah. pretty toolboxy. You know, it's like they have so many. They do, like everybody's got great ones. Like that's like the the game. You know, in fact, there was like a long time where, you know, you're how good you were was sort of dependent on how to like all comers toolboxy you were, you know, like in the signar's always been weird that they uh do have to have like a plan of like a line of thinking when they make their cause all their casters. Like I like Haley too as far as overall blankety. Like Yeah. Mostly because she doesn't have to be tool she doesn't have to have armor buffs or armor you know, she doesn't have to have all the things because she just controls the game out. But like yeah. Anyways, I just was think you know the the line of thinking, the question even seemed to want to be narrow. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, Grim too. As uh, uh, Josh was pointing out, I was like, yeah, that's just toolbox dudes everywhere that are great. And then also, you know, being narrow about it, like that they have to have all the things. Whereas like a Kruger too, I hundred percent was like, yeah, yeah, he's like a toolbox caster because he doesn't handles. have it. Yeah, Kalissa doesn't have an armor debuff, does she? No, I guess that's true. Eh? Never mind. Totally. Uh, I've been <laughs> roundly trounced. You guys are completely correct. That's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, like, yeah. It's also like when I play so many factions, it's like I've got a pretty broad view of the game in regards to things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you were uh, back in the... In Mark II, you are a bit of a Haley 2 specialist. Is that... If, I, if I'm remembering correctly? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think I, I retired Haley 2 in Mark 2 after the 2015 okay. WC, and I'd had, like, 700 games. <laughs> Shit. Uh, have you been taking and, any, any looks at her again? Uh, no? I play... Uh, look, I've looked at her. I've got the model in the cabinet because I painted up all the Haley's as a part of my, like, Signar painting spree. Um, no is the short answer. <laughs> I just... <laughs> all right. She... I think... She needs something else, but it's that I keep looking at the Denny two rework at the start of Mark three, mm. and I'm just like, I want that kind of rework with a few casters, and they did it to Cray, and they made him super interesting and niche, and I'd just love to see her con- maybe switch her control to a slightly different way because her spell list outside of TK is nothing. Yeah, like yeah. she doesn't really do anything. So if you've got a TK bot 
and a feet on a stick, what else does she do effectively? Like, that's all well and good, but when Signar's stuff is pigeonholed into being, uh, like, the elite troops, but not really good at anything, like, they don't do enough. Like, I'd, I'd prefer to take Haley 3 as a toolbox, because she's actually quite interesting, but she's also the hardest caster in the game to play. And not by a little bit, like, a lot. She oh, yeah. is by far the hardest. And why wouldn't I, like, Siege Brisbane has, an, has a really interesting play style, but again, just dies and has to put himself in these really dumb positions. <clears throat> it's kind of like, um, it's like a worse Gearheart. Mm-hmm. So Gearheart, if you're feeding with Gearheart, you're either winning the game or getting yourself to a point where your opponent can't possibly win the game or you die. That's how Gearheart works because his control yeah, is so small. Too. Yeah, his yeah. feet is 100% a trap. It's either laser beam down one model or ignore it. Yep. For a Haley two rework, um, I still I still love her, but I do think that there's a couple of changes um, that would have to happen. But like one that just fixes her card and makes her playable just almost right off the bat is the domination. If it was Warjack, Warbeast, you know, Infernal, it's like oh, yeah, yeah, cover yeah. all all the all the war nouns. Yeah. Um, that would instantly make her interesting to think about but then the other one is um to me anyways because i i think i do think that like i do think time bomb is a little underrated right that's still good and then temporal acceleration is the one they don't have a signature super badass jack that like they don't have like ruin or behemoth or who, yeah. who you know i think dynamo could be that way though You've got the storm clad uh, dynamo, maybe, but it's like, yeah, well, they just they mainly need... you mainly put something like a temporal acceleration or a colossal or a storm strider nowadays. That's the only place that's really yeah. useful, right? Yeah. And then you're putting your big thing where everyone's got blessed or armor debuffs out the wazoo now, even with arcane shield. Armor twenty three, armor twenty two is just nothing now. Who cares? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, I. I feel like she, like, I agree. Temple Acceleration is pretty amazing, but I don't really have anything I want to put it on. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's really difficult. Like, Haley 2's quite a hard one. And she used to be interesting because, like, take the feet out of the equation because the feet was busted as fuck. She used yeah. to have different modes. And because her all her spells were in stacks of three, it was either boost TK or it was cast uh, whatever spell she had, the plus defense and armor against shooting. Deflection. And she had to, yeah, and she had to choose one while camping enough focus to survive and temp- probably temporal accelerating something. So it was one of these things where you chose what she wanted to do for that turn and then you kind of like played that game plan out. And because like Lucas and like Sebastro, she's so nuanced and deep and she had so many different options and you kind of get analysis paralysis. Yeah, and she she just does like the one or two things now. It's like temporal accelerate, TK, don't die. Yeah, hmm. do you think if she was a crucible guard caster, she'd be fine? Um, no, I think I'd take Lucas uh, over her. You think, you think you'd still have the problems? Okay. Yeah, it, it's was, just I, that. Yeah. Like, what, what do I do with her and crucible guard? Other than like, I've already got a good TK caster. Well, yeah, uh, I was thinking about the vindicators with the temporal acceleration, or you know, whatever the the oh, big yeah. boys. That could be yeah, pretty it's scary. Cute. It's definitely cute. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, there's like every caster kind of does some version of that. Yeah, like Silvestro kind of does it with a Vulcan. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I honestly probably wouldn't take her. Yeah. I, I just don't think she's kind of there. And without Control Area eighteen, she without the Squire, she doesn't she doesn't reach out far uh, enough without yeah. dying. Because sixteen fourteen is just shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um yeah, and I, I like I would like to see her with some like if time bombs still worked on the AoE could be quite interesting. Yeah, that'd be and good. That might be enough of a change. Yeah, yeah, time bomb. Also temporal acceleration should be down to two points too, especially with a lot of the uh, open fire type spells being one yeah. focus. Yeah. Oh, three yeah. is, that's that's Sort of, t- it's like bad. That's a feels bad cost. And the time bomb being four. Why is that four? Oh, and, and it's four with like if it if it's its current iteration. Why isn't it three? Yeah, yeah, yeah or totally. two even almost. I mean, geez, it's only targeting. It only hurts one model really. I mean, uh, it's, it's a big, the yeah. speed debuff, which is huge. yeah, yeah. And it's pal fourteen. It's 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 not messing around as far as uh just being an offense, but like uh, yeah, it's on her. Never mind. Yeah, three's good. Three's good. Yeah. But still, that is four is four is terrible. Like, yeah, she does. Okay, I, I first I thought you're crazy, and I had to think I had to just kind of break her down a little bit. Sorry. And, and she does have future sight for battle group, which is super cool. That's so, why I think the dynamo for the, the temporal acceleration could be cool. But you know, using an extra oh, yeah. shot, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yep. it goes back up to like what it used to be if he lived the dream. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, Dynamo is just for his points, he's a bit weak source. Like, yeah, even, yeah, even with like I, Nemo 3, I'm like, ah, would I take him? <laughs> would I, right? Right, <laughs> I, I love the, the model though, but <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, cool, Jack. And I found I had more because I'd played so many games with Haley too. I found when I because I was living in Europe at the time, I found when I switched to. Kane to Haley three. Nobody had any idea what I was going to play. Like they mm. just went, "What is this shit? Why aren't you playing Haley 2? And because I was in Europe and I was in Australia, all of a sudden, I just people didn't know who the hell I was. It was great because I'd be like, "Ah, oh, I'm new to the game. I just don't think Haley two is that great." And just really <laughs> trials <laughs> that to people. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a noob. Oh, that's funny. Oh dude. yeah, and. I, I just she's just too linear now is probably the short shortest way I can put it. She just does the one thing and it's okay. Yeah, there's too much fun stuff in a game to play. Why would I limit myself to uh, Haley two in her current iteration? Yeah, yep. Because <clears throat> even in Signal, like Signal's got some baller casters. Nemo three is still just dumb as hell, and they just made him better with cheaper fireflies and Stormblades going. To what they're doing now with Storm Division, it's a legitimate tactic to take like two units of um, Storm Blades with a Storm Strider and just play all the Electro Leap stuff and get your dudes to like, what is it, Rat? You've got Force Hammer to knock shit down, and then you can go to like Rat 7 base, Power 16, Weapon Master Shots uh-huh. oh, damn. on Assaults. So you can get really far downtown and they go to a speed seven charge ten plus six inch range gun 
And and if you if you've got like a Lancer, if you decide to go that route because they're only seven points now, you and if you can get behind them somehow, if they just ignore your Lancer and force some of them back towards your army, like there's lots of fun stuff that can happen. <laughs> Pretty cool. What? Uh, so our podcast is called Full Tilt. I've asked every guest this except for uh, Tom because I forgot. Uh, what is your most full tilt moment playing War Machine? <clears throat> Um, oh, it's, I don't, I've tried to mitigate this because it's one player I keep playing against over time and I won't name him, but I just, no matter what I seem to do, there's an explosion on the other side of the table and it's very negative play experience for me and it happens every single time and I just... I, I seem to run into this person like every two or three tournaments and I just, I, I'm really trying to mitigate it and I try to let them play their game and I try to not switch the clock to them and just have everything their way. But there's always like, at the end of the game, I get like this person exploding at me and accusing me of cheating and stuff and I've had a judge sit there and watch the game and I'm kind of like, well, what the fuck do I do? What can I do better than this? And the judges turn around and be like, it's just this personality clash. Hmm. And it's it's fine outside of the game but as soon as i'm inside and I, I don't know if it's the fact that this person hasn't been me in a game and that's like a personal thing for them but just like i just want to play the game and have fun i don't want to cause drama and do this dumb yeah. shit and, uh-huh. and one time out of all our games i finally lost my shit and just went, no, get fucked. This is the way I'm doing it. And I started playing the game like they were playing the game. And that was not taken well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, man. Well, that doesn't sound fun. Oh, look, it happens. Um, oh, and hopefully, if I continue to just project out a positive image and a positive like positivity, hopefully it gets taken in and yeah, yeah. and some lessons get learned and we turn it around. Because as I said, I don't know what's happening in their life. There could be anything. So right. if I just continue to cruise down this path and just be me and just be like, I just want to play the game. I don't care about any of this drama. Let's just continue to play games. Yep. Like that can happen. Sure. Yeah, I had way more tilty worse games when I was playing 40K years ago. Uh, well good man good well you seem like one of the you know one of the most relaxed people we've talked to so Uh, if there's any more relaxed I'd be asleep (laughs) 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 cool man well Nigel do you have anything else do you have any uh, you guys can both pump uh, store stuff since you both are store people if you need to you go Nigel um, I don't know if I have anything, you know, I've, at this point I've got bigger, like the sticks, I, I'm so buried at the Black Friday stuff still that I got to do the sticks, the, uh, the little, uh, the half inch full set one through 14 in the little box. I think mm-hmm. I'm even changing that to where I'll sell the box separate. So people don't even have to buy the box if they don't want to, but I think the box is super sweet. But then they just mm-hmm. buy the sticks for, you know, like 20 bucks and then buy the box for another 20 bucks. And that way it's not even a $40 set or whatever. Um, sure. You know, but I, I have to, the main thing is the box. I got to get the box solved still. It's still got to, 
I got a new type of uh, I, I maybe run it past people too as a test to see what type of finish they like on it because I you know you can have like the assembled MDF look where you can see the little like cutaways, um, but it's still painted and it has that, but it, you you know you can still see that it's been assembled versus the all tucked away under like framing and cool um, extra gubbins. Um, but yeah, once I get that figured out, but then. Um, yeah, I, there'll be there'll be more like down the road. I I just cool. gotta get I gotta get out of this month, and then I'll have like next year's gonna be insane. I'll be there's no terrain projects. Uh, we're gonna do like a bayou table, and then we're gonna do a Victorian oh. era table. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So like a lot of like high fidelity. So you know we have the steampunk buildings. Everybody's kind of I don't know if people are familiar with like the houses. We do like a, a four by four and then a four by six house. Yeah, you know, designed to fit on our 2D terrain. Uh, so you could, if you for some reason need to remove the house, you can put the neoprene under it and then kind of have it as a placeholder. But those we're gonna up the fidelity so that there's like framed glued windows that are three dimensionally popping out. So there's more t- textural, you know, things like chimneys, uh, kind of you know like hanging signs. Just really up the extra bits on them to make them uh, super immersive. Nice. and like detailed i got this like new thin material that's like basically it's like barely a 16th inch it's like it's like barely a 16th inch thick so i'll be able to like cut that and then you can glue it to like you know the things to be represent door frames and stuff like that so oh, uh, I'll, I'll get get rid of those pesky corners you know where you can see the assemble the assemblage of the corners of the buildings you know i'll be able to hide those behind stuff um, so the buildings will look a lot sweeter and I'll get a lot more detailed and a lot more. And again, we're going to do like a bayou table uh, with like ramshackly sort of old witch type buildings, you know, houses. Cool. And then um, and then there's also like an MCP themed uh, city set where basically we're going to do like a. Like it's going to be like a hot dog cart that fits into a van that fits into a like gas station kiosk that fits into like a, a house that then fits into like a bigger building. Um, and then so you have like a battlefield in a box with some, and then the bigger building will be big enough to also accommodate like some dumpsters and some random stuff. So it'll all fit like a Russian nesting doll into oh, cool. one thing, and then you can cool. just transport your whole MCP table. That's crazy. Around. Awesome. So that's yeah, awesome. it will. Yeah, so that's the stuff that is like currently in the works, but we'll. And then I don't know. I think there's a yeah. Oh, Nigel, I also have something for you. I got yeah. something manufactured here in Australia, and I just. I think that it would go better with your printer because it's pretty basic design, but I think the overall manufacturer is quite good. I'll send you a video of it and how it's all constructed oh. and stuff. It's a turn sure. and um, everything counter. It's awesome, and it's what I've been playing all my games with to keep track of scores. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, no. it is the size of a credit card. Oh, huh. oh sweet. Interesting, um, which also brings me to another thing that I have figured out that I need to... I figure out a way to do like click dials so that they're still magnetized and they circle, but they like they have like a satisfying click so that you do one step. You know, they don't accidentally fudge you, you know. I figure yeah. I fig I figured out a little mechanical device that glues to the back that does it so that like you can have, you know, a double dial that they both kind of click rotary, you know. So if you're tracking like a hundred wounds and it's like you know, a D100, or if you're tracking two different scores, or, you know, there's like a billion. So things like that, like a little game tracker will have those on the back that'll like, you know, make it feel better as they click around. Anyways. <laughs> That's cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, my 
sorry, that's it for you, Nigel, is it? Or yeah, yeah, that's that's totally it for me. Um, for my store, I've just been doing heaps of renovations on my store, so I haven't like obviously the uh, games workshop stuff is crazy sellers as well as magic, so that's kind of stayed out. But I've added a whole extra room for gaming, so I've got I don't know two hundred square meters of gaming space now, and about the same for a store at my primary location. And I'll be checking off the here. Sorry, Sorry. It's irresistible force. Um, there you go. What Nigel was saying basically is like, yeah, with Muse on Mini stuff, contact me. We'll we'll get a list together and we'll do a big order and we'll do up some dummy orders so you can order online. We do free orders over one hundred and fifty dollars in Australia, so that's like a fair bit less than American dollars at the moment. I think it's one point four. But yeah, we'll um we'll order the stuff through Nigel and he'll do the thing. Just to save everyone on postage and helps out. If you're mm-hmm. cool with that, Nigel, still. Yeah, totally. That, that yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do it that way because it's like, I feel terrible. Like, uh, I've got a customer in New Zealand who just he just wants the convergence update in wood, and I, it's going to cost him like sixty dollars. <laughs> I just, I guess, like, okay. I can't in good conscience even do this. You know, it's like I, you know, I'd rather just refund you the money, and you know, that it, it's just such an unfortunate sort of situation but um you know if we can group these up in a big order and you're willing to do that thing again if um you know because i can sort of cover some of that too like you know i can absorb some of that shipping costs because like yeah hopefully we can just make it work for everybody so that we can still get stuff to and and if it's in one big order the shipping cost is going to sort itself out like if we're if we're doing like sending to 10 other people that shipping stuff's just gonna break out over that and it's basically because if you're doing DHL, that's going to be much, much faster than doing UPS. Yep. <clears throat> so it'll be like, what, we can half turn around in two weeks by the time we get it and then we send it out? Exactly. So, the, yep. Yeah. And so the timing, like, that's the other thing, too, is if I sent it US, well, I can't even send it US, USPS. I'd have to send it. That's the other thing. I have to send it DHL. Uh, but in the old days, if I sent it USPS, it would take like 21 days to get it. So ultimately, your shipping time is probably the same if you put in an order, let you let it matriculate for like 15 days, send it to me. And then I try to get it back to you in a week, you know, and then you, and then from there. So it's like the shipping time shouldn't be that much extended. Um, and then, but then the cost is going to be wildly different. So. Yeah. I've been ordering a lot of high end magic cards from the States and mm-hmm. I, I get them in like four days when they send DHL a lot of the time. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting them fast. I'm getting stuff sent around Australia, and I'm talking like five thousand dollar cards and stupid stuff like that. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how. To, I mean, DHL's somewhat pricey, but like compared comparatively to like FedEx or UPS, it's it's very comparable. And yeah, they they yeah. do. I just don't know. How, they're like magic. I don't know how they do it. They uh, get things places usually in three days for us uh, anywhere in the world. Wow, that's awesome. They're they're, they're crazy. Yeah. Well, there you go, they, guys. They, they they interact with because um, yeah, they just I don't know how they do it. I literally don't know how it works. They because because like the USPS they hand it off to Australian Post, and that's usually where the real nightmare happens. And it's not because Australian Post yeah. is bad; it's because the USPS is bad. And they like and they're being pretty bad at the moment. Like they're just yeah. congregating up and combining their badness and becoming like a super megazord badness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just like. You know, it'll be like lost in customs or waiting for uh, VAT tax or who knows what, and uh, they don't contact the shipper nor the receiver, and it just it can get lost or returned or 
you know, whereas uh, DHL just takes it right to your door. Like it's just, I don't even know how they have the infrastructure to be able to handle that, but they do. Uh, it's pretty yeah. sweet. Oh yeah. And yeah, I, I can't complain about it at all. Like it's been excellent. Yeah. I, I also order a lot of uh, magic stuff from Russia, like seal product. Yeah. And it just takes forever. I think I ordered some stuff in September and it's due late January and it's been sitting oh, in customs in Russia for like a month. Hmm. So they're, they're worse. So at least you don't have them. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> beat them to the moon with beat them and shipping magic cards to Australia. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been fun, guys. Yeah, dude, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks, thanks for coming on, man. Such short yeah. notice, I guess. But it's it's been as I said, if if I can fit it in, I'll, I'll jump on if you guys want. So that would be awesome. Hey, Doors yeah. always open, dude. So yeah, we'd love to catch some games against you sometime if that's possible. Did you do you do much war tabling or just? Uh... I haven't, but I can. Cool. Uh, you can t- you can teach me. It's Wait, very yeah, easy. I'll play something real dopey that I just roll face on keyboard and Perfect. just see what happens. Yeah, just play Vlad too, you know. So. Yeah, easy. And oh, I, can't, I, I can't play Cato, they're too overpowered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can join me in, in Camp Terminus. He's Camp brought, Terminus. Yeah, I, I don't hate myself that much. Oh. <laughs> well, I think Nigel and I are just about to finish our game, so you can watch how that goes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing Terminus. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks again, Josh, for coming on. Uh, that's wow, been that uh, episode 21. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll yeah. catch you guys Bye. later. Oh, get out of here, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good, because I was basically going to be this is really awkward if I just like whoop in and you guys are mid-recording and then I was going to be oh. like, I saw you've been painting a lot of Kador models, so my question is, why do you own anything else? It's <laughs> <laughs> true, of course. Well, I've got my own Menoth model so I can pa- so I can properly paint the, um, so I can get the Warriors of the Old Faith happening, because Lad's the best. Yeah. Just... Uh, uh, so like, Vlad and Zakova as a, as like the storyline and the way they play on the table is just so much fun and dynamic. Yeah. And Kato is so different from anything else where they just, their units are so strong and their casters do all this stuff, but they are so flimsy at the same time and the way you have to move them on the table. Because I've only played three games with them. I just painted a heap of stuff. Um, yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're, the, they're the thinking man's army for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> like the Cobra Two is because I played her with all the spray donkeys and just full magic, just retard, roll my face on the table kind of list. <laughs> and I think it's the only person who I haven't found that I could kill on turn two is like Wormwood. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
yeah, she, she just houses people. It's it's silly. And having her as such a heavy skewless, because Charles Sung came to Australia for a little bit. Really? He, yeah, he came for a few months, and he was coming and hanging out and playing heaps of games with me. Um, and he put the Tacova list in front of my face. He's like, this is probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I don't know why everyone's playing it. It's like, this is just crazy pants. <laughs> and no, I was playing cool. one at the time, so I was pretty happy. Oh, like, sure. it, like that's that's like the hard counter to the army though. But even then, it was still <laughs> it was still a rough ride because sure. if you don't do everything perfect, he just messes your day up. Yeah, yeah. Are you getting pretty uh, like with weekly games or you know? Yeah, I get at least one weekly game in at the moment. Um, nice. I've, I've got a pretty sweet setup in my house, so oh, I, I just have people come around, play games, chill out. Oh yeah. I've got to start playing games again in my shop soon. It's just I have such odd work schedule. Okay. It's not always convenient to have a lock-in game site because I could be working 6 a.m. till like midnight some days, and then other days it's like all full night shifts. So, right, right. yeah, my work schedule is all over the place. What do you do for a living? Uh, project manager in major infrastructure. Electrical oh. engineering. My goodness. So... Oh, yeah, it's, it's real fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot smarter than me, I can tell already. <laughs> so. Or stupid, because like, I liked it when my life was pretty simple. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> it just seems to be, as I'm, as I'm getting older and older, it, it's, the work gets harder and my workload gets higher and I just deal with it and expect to do sure. everything else as well. So I'm just like, oh, uh, no. Yeah, that's cool. bullshit. Can't I just go play games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I saw, uh, well, yeah, I saw some pictures of you, and I was wondering why. Uh, why did they call you Gigantor? I don't quite get it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see the picture of me with Torbjorn? Oh man, that was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that was the biggest person in the room. Shit. That guy's massive. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty big dude. He's around seven foot-ish, I think. I think he's he's he was talking to me and he tells everyone he's 6'11 because seven foot seems too tall. But like, I'm not friends <laughs> with that tall and he's a fair, it feels like he's a lot taller than them. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm about six and a half foot tall. I'm about the same height as Big Deno and Colin Hill. Nice. You, uh, uh yeah. Big Deno lives in the same area that you live, right? Yeah, he lives in the same city. He lives <laughs> on the north side. I'm right on the south side. Oh, that's cool. You gonna drag yeah, him he... back into War Machine eventually? <laughs> uh, no, he's, um, he's just so into his board games and painting. Like, he. Oh, dude, he kills it with the painting, though. Oh, yeah. And that that's purely spending time doing the thing and learning from the best. Like, he spent about a year traveling around the world just going to painting classes from the best painters. Oh, wow. Like he he did the right thing. He just he's, he's got that type of personality where he's all in on nothing. Yep. So he just he jumps all in on it, and he's still all in on painting, and he's just doing really well with that whole thing. So yeah, man, no, it looks cool. That's his competitive itch now. Yeah, that's sweet though. I mean, his, he designed that uh, that like diorama the other day, and I'm like, fuck, that is cool, <laughs> dude. You know, so yeah. This is hey, how it's like. What's that? He never ever paints the back of his models. Right. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's always that bugbear for me. Like, I look at his models, I'm like, man, this looks real good, but the back's not painted at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So is this house just floor-to-ceiling models? What, is, what does he do? 
no, he works as a he works high up in like a national um something to do with automotive company. Okay. He's oh, I was just right saying, does, he, does he just keep all those models? He just has his house is just full of models. No, he, he sells them. So he he enters in a competition. He said because he comes into my shop a bit. He said that he sell he gets models and he uh, sells them off after oh. he enters them in one competition or sells them straight away. And he's got a few clients who love his models, so they just buy, buy, buy. Nice. nice. <laughs> Very cool. You um, you pretty much paint all of Moops' stuff too, right? Or most of it? Uh, I paint the occasional thing. I paint what I've already kind of painted to match with it. So he sends me infernals and things like that. I just, I don't know. I used to do commission painting for some extra cash, but mm-hmm. it's just, like I said, I'm too busy and I don't really, I don't really enjoy commission painting. I like to have my stuff around. So I painted so many armies and sent them off to people and they're really happy with them. Yeah. Um, I just, I like having, it's that extra bit of effort and it's that extra pleasure of having my own stuff all here and painted. I don't enjoy painting for other people. <laughs> yeah, he was talking to Tom Oliver yesterday and he was or yesterday or the day before, whatever. And he said that uh, he was painting, but not, it was all, all, everything was for everybody else and he hasn't painted his own model yet. And he's been so busy doing that, he hasn't had time to get games in. So. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah. He's yeah, great too, man. Yeah, Tom's amazing. Tom has... I, I've been trying to work out Tom's painting technique because he, he paints so differently from me. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I, I'm kind of on it with some of the models, but Tom's an excellent painter. I, sure. He does what he does very well. Have you seen Sweet Nigel's stuff? Damn. Nigel's a sweet yeah. painter. You guys are all better painters than me in this chat. <laughs> I'm the worst in the group. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's fine. I, I accept that my painting's terrible. I just ex- my strive to be fully painted. So, you know. And fully painted is the best thing, right? Like, w- yeah. when I sit down at the table, my immersion level is I, I want to see fully painted models. I want yep. to see that. I want to be playing on a cool-looking table. It makes the game another level better. Yeah, your, uh, your tables are awesome, dude. Where, where are you getting all that terrain at? Uh, the actual buildings is from an Australian right. company called Miniature Scenery, and they do a bunch oh, of cool. MDF terrain, and that's the Twisted Range. Oh, it looks sweet. super cool. The, the issue is it takes forever to put together. Oh. Like okay. I did, I did about 20 buildings for my shop and did a bunch of like little accessories, and I think it was 40-something hours it took me for assembly. Oh, man. Yikes. Just took forever, and I totally killed my drive to paint or do anything yeah. afterwards. But if you're only putting together one or two, it's fine. Yeah, which is all yeah, you yeah. really need for War Machine. So I right. kept like four at home for my gaming table. Sure. Cool. It looks sweet. That game and, looks uh, sweet. Their, their models are cool. So twisted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, I, I'm not sure if it's even around still. I don't know. But, they, but they, the, the, the train suits Malifaux really, really well. Okay. So, because I've had a lot of Malifaux players in both my shops recently, so I thought I'd get at least a few tables that they can play on. Oh, that's cool. And I found there's that this company, which, um, what is it, Monster Fight Studios, I think it's called, and they do probably the best War Machine trees for Forest that I've seen. And they oh. they work really well with um, any 2D terrain, and they do the 2D, 3D hybrid really well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. All, it's all 
pre-painted stuff. It's neoprene bases with just some pre-painted little extras which sit on top of the train. Damn, I'm going to have to get some of that. Yeah, Shit. they did a Kickstarter recently. Um, yeah, I'm fairly certain it was Monster Fight Studios. I bought a bunch for my store to see how it sells, just because I sure. wanted to get some for myself. Monster yeah, yeah. Fight Club, I think. <laughs> Club? Yep, here it is. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah that, so, that, I think that hybrid style of uh, that's the table way is probably the best way to go if you're yeah. a semi-competitive player, I guess. You know, like, it, it has good immersion on the table, and then you could take the stuff off to make precise measurements and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. and the tree, the tree packages come as, so you get three trees, a base, um, that's one per box, one of that that amount per box. But you can flip the tree base up, and it's a big pond on the other side because it's dual oh, side. Cool. Nice. Uh, and the and the rubble comes as uh, you get two full bases plus rubble plus a couple of broken tree bases to sit in amongst it. Oh, and cool. I've been I found the pieces are probably a bit too big. It's like WTC size terrain, mm-hmm. so I've been using that with my Muse on Mini stuff or stuff. That, oh, yeah. I've also um, got a whole bunch of stuff I made. And got printed nice. up with my own mats. So I've been using that as a combination with the two to get the right size neoprene base with oh, cool. the trees. And because you get three trees, you can usually use one tree on a smaller forest base and two on the other. Yep, yep. Yeah, it just looks sweet. Oh, that's and sick, man. Then I made a whole bunch of like hedges for walls out of a dish scarifs and flock. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, uh, before we hop into the podcast, I am going to ask you at some point when you uh, were full tilted the most. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> I guess it's nice yeah. springing on some people. So still good. Yeah, I've got an idea. All right, perfect. <laughs> good. Nigel, you got anything to say before we hop in here? No, uh, no, I don't think so. Are you sure? I got one question you- before we hop in. One, one unofficial question, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jess, but I think this is true. Jess and I, for a long time, have thought that Australia has the largest concentration of truly great war machine players. And I feel like, you know, we all know that the best, the most important trait you know, to a war machine player is a positioning. Are Australians so good at war machine because everything in Australia is trying to kill you? So you have to be very good <laughs> personally at positioning. Yeah, well, I had a brown snake, which is one of the most like dangerous snakes in the world, just in my driveway a few days ago. So that's oh. that. Uh, just as I'm driving home, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not I'm not in the sticks or anything. I'm in suburbia, <laughs> so yeah, 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 it, yeah. It's true to a pretty big extent. Like, there's some pretty big things around and some pretty dangerous things. Yeah, look, I'd say that's possibly it. <laughs> no, because I think you guys just innately have some better positioning. That must be it. There's a constantly yeah, on, the, on the lookout. Because <laughs> I lived, I've lived in a lot of different places, right? So I, I lived in Warsaw for a while, and I'd say the Sydney meta and the Warsaw meta are probably like Tomasz Tute and Conrad. Like those guys are just insane at the game. They have a totally different approach to the way you look at gaming and playing all over the world given and living in different places giving me this really interesting different view that i don't see too many places yeah yeah oh that's cool what uh, yeah, you I'd live there for a year or half a year what i lived there for a year nice nice yeah cool, cool. Well, should we kick on then 
Yeah. Do you want to intro him or do you want me to do it? Whatever. Yeah, 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 buddy. Okay, cool. Can you guys play Bird is the Word for the intro? Uh, yeah. If you want me to, sure. It's amazing. <laughs> What's the significance um, of that? Um, I've been waking up my stepdaughter with Bird is the Word and she really hates it. So it's just been <laughs> okay. fun. Done. I will do that. 